Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to you, wherever you are. Welcome to the 4Play podcast number 10. I'm David Turner and I will be joined today by my fabulous co-hosts and music buddies, Mark Hollywood, Alan Jones and Darren Park. Let us resume the second part of our Songs of the 60s. If you didn't hear our first eight songs, you can hear those on episode nine. Now we're going to pick up with Darren for his third choice. Without further ado, on with the show. So we're back to me, are we? We are indeed. Take it away, Darren. Okay. So, um, so uh, Alan, a bit of an apology here then, because this song, uh, it doesn't endorse drug use. But Yeah, cover your ears up. But it doesn't condemn it either. So you can make your own mind up over this one. Right, come on, then. I'm going to start with a quote. Convince me the drugs work. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to start with a quote for you. So um, the writer said, I was working for a record company as a songwriter where they'd lock me in a room and they'd say, write 10 surfing songs, you know? And I wrote this and I said, hey, I've got something for you. They said, never going to happen. Never going to happen. Uh, it definitely wasn't a surfing song. This was Heroin by the Velvet Underground. Oh, yeah. Um, brilliant song. It's um, from the Velvet Underground and Nico album in 1967, debut album. Um, seven minutes, 12 seconds, uh, but still not the longest song on the album. European Sun is slightly longer. Um, and it's just, it starts so beautifully with, um, is it, uh, what's it called, Reed? Oh, it's Lou Reed. Blue, Blue Reed. Yeah. I'm completely blank. Lou Reed, just quiet, melodic guitar, and it builds and builds, and no bass guitar in it in this particular song, um, which they've done on other singles, uh, Sister Rain, most notably. Um, and it just, yeah, it builds and it's just so emotional. I find the song just takes you away, takes you away somewhere else. You can sit back and for seven minutes and just listen. Um, the only problem is don't listen to the Billy Idol version, which has been voted a couple of times as the worst cover version ever of any song. <laughs> um, I read that when I was researching for it. I thought I've never heard it. And I listened to it and I will never listen to it again. So, yeah, if you wanna, if you wanna be in pain, I've listened to the Billy Idol one. But yeah, heroin by the Velvet Underground. And there, there's a lot of Velvet Underground. Well, in fact, not a lot. There was a few that could have made it from the sixties, um, but this one definitely gets in. Good choice. Is it still great? Is that it? Um, oh, is it sort of like this? Sort of starts off yeah. slow. Yeah. And it's like applauding song. Yeah, a bit, until it's sort of halfway through and it sort of rocks up a bit more. Yeah. Oh, right. I'm thinking of a different one by the Velvet Underground. Yeah, it could be. I I, I loved, um, on that that album, I'm Waiting for the Man on Sunday Morning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, I was was introduced to this, to the Velvet Underground, uh, back in my teens, by a guy... Who's now he's I think a geography teacher? Yeah. yeah, he's now he's got a banana on the front. Yeah, yeah. He's he's now a geography teacher, uh, Rory McMahon. And Rory introduced me to Velvet Underground and, and this and fantastic. At the time, it 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 was one of those albums I had to listen to again and again to fully appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a grower, isn't it? It took me it took me years actually listening to that album. Yeah, I really yeah. appreciate it like I do now. 
it's yeah. quite hard going in places, I think. Yeah. Um, I haven't got a vinyl, but I've got um, a couple of years ago when HMV were shutting down, they were getting rid of stuff for, you know, I think I picked it up for a quid. It's the deluxe CD edition. Oh, wow. And um, so I, I did play that. I played that a couple of times in the car on journeys. And um, yeah, I, I think I need to listen to it again. Yeah, definitely. And you've got, as well as the ones Mark mentioned, you've got uh, All Tomorrow's Parties on there as well. Which... Right, yes. That's the yeah. track I was, oh. yeah. that wasn't the track I was referring to, but I think that's probably one of my favourite. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because um, it was then covered by Japan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. A bit of an underground band, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, I guess they are. Yeah, always have been, haven't they, really? Yeah. But massive now these days. Underground, yeah. massive, does that work? <laughs> I don't know. You yeah. know what I mean. But, and yeah. again, that song, only two chords. Two oh, chords. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We could play it then. We could yeah, play it. Yeah, we could. Yeah, we could do it. Who's going to be Nico? Uh, I'm, I'm looking at the faces here. I think we may need to cast a little bit further out. <laughs> yeah. No disrespect. Yeah, good point. Good point. You know Jenny Agatha. <laughs> Love it. Okay, Alan, why don't you give us your third one? On to me. Right, okay. It's uh, my third choice. This one was released on the 12th of November, 1966. It's uh, a few weeks short of my fifth birthday. Um, and uh, it's actually written by Neil Diamond. Oh. And um, it appeared in this group's four, in four consecutive episodes of their TV show. And it went on to sell to sell 10 million copies worldwide. It's sung by a guy called Mickey Dolans, and uh, the rest of his band, Mike Nesmith, Peter Talk, and Davy Jones, otherwise known as the Monkeys. And the track is called "I'm a Believer." Um, this just reminds me of watching their TV show yeah. where they jump in, they've all got these red suits on, red shirts, like maroon shirts on, and they jump into their monkey wagon, monkey mobile, I think they called it. And um, I think some people say they were a bit of a gimmick band. They were a proper band. I don't know about that, but oh, boy, all I know is really enjoy this song. Yeah. And um, actually saw uh davy jones performing um we were on holiday in florida in uh, the epcot one of the disney theme parks called epcot and in there they've got a place called countries of the world so you you basically go around from different countries canada states italy whatever and of course they've been in america they have the biggest one is obviously given away to america and um and uh they've got um They've got an, an outside um, performance area. Um, when I've watched, I've been lucky enough to go there four times, and each time you go there, a different band on. Uh, but this particular time, uh, it was Davy Jones, and they started up singing. And in true Florida fashion, the clouds came over, and the 
thunder came and lightning, of course, it all had to shut down. So never, never really saw the whole of the set, but I definitely remember remember him singing this. And uh, of course, um, him obviously being a Brit, and the other three members were American. Um, a lot of people in, in in these parks do tend to be from the UK, so there was a lot of interaction between um, Davey and his broad Manchester accent, which he still got with a little bit of American twang. But yeah, it was a great it was a great um, great memory for me, you know, actually seeing that song being performed live by a member of the Monkeys. Um, it's actually been covered by. Um, some uh, two of my favourite comedians, um, Vic Reeves and Bob Mortimer. Um, they did a version with EMF, and they actually reached number three with this in 1995. And um, I can see it now. It's um, it starts off with uh, they sort of just the oh yes I was told and something in fairy tales hey oh yes brilliant yeah so I really want to see those speakers Diddy Jones he was he was the wee cute one wasn't he yeah all the girls all the girls love Diddy Jones he passed away recently yeah yeah yeah. 2012, I think, when that, I just looked. But Is it that long? Yeah. years ago. Wow. Yeah. Wow, time flies. And I, yeah. was, uh, I had the chance to see the Monkees playing with a full lineup in Plymouth a year or two before that, and yeah. couldn't go, one reason or another. And I really wanted to go down there, only down the road from me, and didn't see them. And sadly, yeah, a year or two later, he passed away. Yeah, mm. quite quite, quite suddenly, because, I mean, he was, he was always the wee, well, they were all, Young fit lads bouncing about the stage. I I, I loved the, the monkeys. I mean, I was in my yeah. youth when I watched them on TV and the Daydream oh. Believer. I'm a believer. My, my favorite song of theirs was um, Last Train to Clarksville. Oh, yeah, yeah, I like that. Loved it. Yeah, yeah. This, 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 Sunday mornings. Sunday mornings. That comedy show used to be on. I don't know. Yeah. I've been on the back of my mind. I've got something like it was maybe on a Friday afternoon. Well, I'm thinking, well, that was Cracker Jack. I don't know. Do I remember watching it? Five, five to five. Little, that? Mm, it's five to five. Five to five on a Friday. Yeah. Okay, yeah, it might be. Yeah, you could be right. I don't know. I don't know. Did they have Saturday morning tally in those days? Wasn't it? Not, not, near, not near your day. Not my day. No. <laughs> no. Remember Saturday morning tally, do you, Dave? Yeah, we have yeah, Spot Shop. Yeah. Late 70s. Oh, the banana, banana, whatever it's called, banana. The banana splits. Banana splits. Yeah. Oh, banana splits. Oh, yeah, yeah. Two banana, three banana. It's Devon Grape, Sour Grapes Gang. Brilliant. Yeah, no, Grape Splits. That nearly made it into my top four, Alan, as well, this one. Yeah. Yeah, it was probably number six, something like that. It nearly got in there. Yeah, no, great song. Yeah, brilliant. Just thinking, I think there's a connection between Cracker Jack and Thin Lizzy. One for Mark. Oh, is it something to do with um, Leslie? It was Phil, yeah, Leslie Crowther, and he was his Leslie daughter Crowder. was married. Yeah, his daughter was married to Phil Linnett. 
That's right. To yeah. fill in its, yeah, is that yeah. the right answer? That is the right answer, yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. I, f- I remember a friend from Maybe school. Try out the rig. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, my favourite was, um, remember Stewpot? He took over. Oh, yeah. Yes. You had... Stu Francis? You had, Stu. Yeah, you had Stu Francis, but the other guy before him, uh, the DJ, Ed, Stu... Ed, Ed, called, Stu, Ed, Ed Stewart. Ed Stewart. Ed Stewart. Stewpot, yeah. He he was the first I remember of presenting Cracker Jack, uh-huh. and the kid would either have a bunch of stacked toys and goodies or oh, a cabbage. Yeah. yeah, what was that called? Cracker Jack. No, I know Cracker Jack, but what was that particular thing called? Because that oh. if they got an answer right, then they got given a prize. Didn't they? Got yeah. given something like some crayons or something. Pencil like sharpener, yeah, yeah, and. Um, yeah, and then that was before it time, wasn't it? Because they used to, um, like, what was ev- what e- every week they finished the show off with, like, a little bit of a song and dance routine, didn't they? And and yeah. they would pl- they would sing a, a song that was in the chart at that particular time. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was so clever to be able to do that and, you know, learn it. And, but that's you know, so you'd watch a song on Top of the Pops on the Thursday night, and then on Friday... They'd be they'd be singing this about twenty five to six before Magic Roundabout. But but, but you say, you say that, Alan. I was just listening to an interview with um, Midjour, um, who you know, obviously we, we know him. He was in Rich Kids and Visage and Ultravox. But I think the first band he was in when they toured, and I'm sure it's the same for most of them. They're going around all of the the pubs and 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 the clubs. They had to have built into their repertoire whatever was in Top of the Pops that week yeah. so I had to learn fast come up with something and, and be able to generate so I think that that sort of skill set is something that would have been natural for the people the the, the band working on uh, Cracker Jack yeah Slick he was in wasn't he Slick yeah Slick. Oh, yeah yeah he was that was the yeah. first that was the band yeah yeah Slick and Rich Kids uh, it's a great program yeah, to be honest Kids, te- I don't watch kids telly these days, but yeah, they don't really I like it. I think we had some great programs. <laughs> okay. Oh, c- completely agree. Yeah. Okay, let's get back to the sixties. Yeah. Who's up next? That's Mark. Me. Yeah. So my third choice, and as I said, I, I squeezed it, a few out, and um, you know, a few fantastic Who tracks and Rolling Stones. But my third choice is from another epic band of the 60s and, and early 70s. Uh, the two Davis brothers, Ray Davis, it's Kinks. And um, the song's about um, a guy looking at two lovers passing over a bridge, reflecting on the couple and where they're going. Ray Davis later said, this is a load of shite. It's actually a fantasy about his sister going off with her boyfriend to a new world and they were going to emigrate to another country. And at this stage, uh, it's a wee shout out to, to Claire, um, my, my friend at Dundee, who, whose brother has actually recently headed off to Spain with his um, with his other half. So it's a, it's, it's a wee dedication to, to them. Uh, it is, of course, Waterloo Sunset. Um, it was originally going to be called Liverpool Sunset um, because Ray Davis absolutely loved uh, the Mersey Beat whole scene back then. Um, I'm sure bands were heavily influenced by uh, the likes of um, 
you know, Jerry and the Pacemakers, the Beatles at the time. This was released in 1967, in May 67. And um, how would you describe it? Um, orchestral, psychedelic pop, some would say. I just think it's a, it's a, it's a beautifully penned uh, song with, with, uh, with a, with a great melody to it as well. Never tire of it. I, I could listen to the Kinks and some songs you would, you would grow weary of. Um, for a long time, my favorite Kinks song was Victoria. Um, <clears throat> but Waterloo Sun- Sunset has always been a staple. When I think of the sixties, I think of this, I think of this song and you can just picture it there, you know, sitting at Victoria station in London. We've often been there with work and uh, just crossing over and seeing, you know, Waterloo, Waterloo Bridge and uh, how Ray Davis was inspired by it. So this, this goes in at number three. I can't say more than that, apart from, I, th- I think it's a beautiful, I think it's a love song. I don't know about you, but uh, it goes in as my, my third one. I think I've always thought about um, the, the Kinks, you know, that, uh, well, sorry, not, I, not me, but a lot of people have thought they were kind of the, the third big band behind uh, Beatles and Rolling Stones that just didn't get the acclaim, didn't get the recognition that they did. And I, I guess there wasn't much space, was there? Because maybe they were a bit too close and they didn't have that sort of different sound that you'd have had soon afterwards with the likes of... Um, the likes of the Who and others who completely grabbed a different audience. Yeah, and they, they thought as well. You know, there were a lot of rumours about um, Terence Stamp and Julie Christie. Uh, that this is a song about them because one of the lines is Terry meets Julie Waterloo Station every Friday night. Uh-huh. But I am so lazy, don't want to wander. I stay at home at night. And at the time, Terence Stamp and Julie Christie were in a show together or a film together. Right. Yeah. And uh, they thought they thought it was written for them. So it was, <laughs> you know, the jungle drums were going about that. But um, it, it was, in fact, about, yeah, his, his sister heading off, emigrating with, with, oh. um, with a guy. So that's good. Darren, you know, Waterloo Sunset? Yeah, very well. Yeah, it's another one. It's another song I think you can sit back and drift away to. And it's just beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, Sunday Sunday afternoon listening. That is. Yeah, completely. Yeah, I, I think that's 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 why I love it so much. You know, if, if a song can create an atmosphere in your mind, then it's 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 hit it's hit something. You know. Yeah. Mm. Completely. Yeah, yeah. No. So again, it's a timeless song, isn't it? Yeah. 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 yeah it is. <laughs> Would be great to be around and hearing that for the first time. You know, say you're a I don't know, teenage, well, maybe not, let's say, say you're about 17, 18 and you're hearing that for the first time. Mm-hmm. I've, often thought, I've, yeah. I've often thought that, you know, what if you're around when these these great songs came out and these great bands and uh, just a, a plethora of, of uh, you know, bands and singers and you could go to these gigs and you could get up close and personal with them, you know. Yeah. Ray Davis spoke about how it was going to be called Liverpool Sunset uh, because they loved going to Liverpool back in the 60s and playing in the cavern and just being close to the, the audience. Uh, and, and I'm sure the feedback they got from the audience was extraordinary long mm-hmm. before the Beatles started playing Shea Stadium and what have you. Yeah. Wow. Would have been yeah. amazing. 
I think that's great. I think kinks. Yeah, I was just reading as well. Picture uh, this once. Yeah. Come dancing. Come dancing, yeah. Oh, yeah, I've got a seven-inch of that, but not a picture of this version of that one. Yeah. Yeah. Davis also said about Waterloo, this is something I just want to add in. It was was also close to his heart. He said he saw several Waterloo sunsets um, when he sat in St. Thomas's Hospital when he was really ill as a child. And he Mm -hmm. used to look out onto the Thames. Oh, wow. And then he, yeah, and he used to go past the station when he was at our college on the train, and um, he met his first girlfriend there, huh. who became his wife, his first wife, <laughs> along the embankment at Waterloo. It was never really going to be Liverpool sunset, then, was it? No, it <laughs> no. doesn't. It doesn't really sound. The, it's, no. It doesn't. Now that we know it as Waterloo sunset, no. you think? Yeah. Liverpool sunset. No, it just doesn't. No, it doesn't Waterloo work. sunset. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. Another another great addition to our uh, ever-growing playlist. I can't believe we've only got five left. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for you, David. Okay, here we go then. You can try and guess this one, but this one should probably be a bit easier. Um, released in, uh, in 1966. Uh, it... I've got it. Yep, go for it. Go for it. <laughs> um, it... it had a, a mix of uh, different instruments in it, a jaw harp, the uh, theremin, or should probably say the electro theremin. Uh, it's which, even because its popularity, then it led to a real increase in sales of theremins and synthesizers. Um, it's got this complex soundscapes. It's very episodic in the way it's constructed uh, and recognised as one of the greatest songs of all time. It was also at the time, the most costly song to ever been to, been recorded, with over ninety hours of tapes having been recorded. Uh, an American band from California. Um, there's great harmonies on there. Mamas and the Mamas and the Papas, yeah. yeah. No, California no, Dream. no. Actually, yeah. it's a band that we've already had to, listed today. Ooh. It is. Beach it Beach is. Boys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and with a theremin on there. Oh, um, oh, is it Sloop John B? It's good vibrations. Um, <laughs> yeah. nice. um, I mean, this was one of when when did Sergeant Pepper come out? 67, wasn't it? 67, 67. Let's have a look at this deluxe box set that you could only get in the shops. So I, I think there was this, I think. Brian Wilson was very, you know, not, they weren't in competition with the Beatles, but I think he drew... 67. 67. So there was very much this um, sort of ever escalation of uh, production values, production qualities, which, and, and probably the drugs, would have fueled uh, the time spent in the studios recording, working on it. Uh, in fact, this, this or Good Vibrations was supposed to be included on the Smile album, but it never quite made it onto it. So it only came out as a single uh, to begin with. Um, it's, for me, it's great. I, I, I love it. I, it's one of the first, or when I had my first cassette radio, it was one of the first songs that I managed to record off the, off the radio to, um, and played it. So I think along with, if I remember the first three songs on there were Seasons in the Sun by Terry Jacks. Terry Jacks. Yeah. There was uh, My Teddy Bear, 
Elvis Presley, and then it was Good Vibrations. So they're locked in my memory forever. Uh, but no, a fantastic song. Again, it's like a lot of the songs that we've quoted today. I think they all kind of changed the pitch and, and the tone of how what song sounded like as as you move through the sixties from the the three the three minute or two and a half minute pop song to things which had more soundscapes, bigger, wider sounds and and lyrics. No, just a fantastic song for me, uh, and was was probably third that went down on my list. Mark, I'm just having a I'm just having a chuckle to, to myself. Uh, don't mind me. I'm just imagining the theremin in Sloop, in Sloop John B. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just Ooh. not happening. Yeah. You experimental. <laughs> just yeah. uh, way off the mark. It, it, uh, Bill Bailey uses a theremin on his it in does. his live gigs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, one of the one of the worst gigs I ever saw was a woman playing two theremins. Um, in, <laughs> it wasn't good. Was she playing? Was she, play, was she playing Sloop John B? <laughs> Mate, you know what? She was so bad she could have been. I wouldn't have been able to. So I, I, walk, I walked out after one and a half songs, um, but my friends stayed in there watching. Um, no, it was, uh, it's it's a great instrument if you can use it properly. Bill Bailey does a great job with it, and of course he uses that, it mm. for different things. Is that the instrument where they get? Yes. Yep. That one, that, that. It's got a, a kind of spike, and uh, you, you put your hand towards it and away from it. It's all to do with the kind oh, of it's electrical. Frequency. Oh, right. Yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. Oh, that's you, very so, clever. It's like oscillators. Do you know? Yeah. Do you know what it was originally supposed to be used for? What, what they, they were designed for? Oh, good right. question. No idea. Um, something to do with the military? No. Yes. Is it all yeah. right? Yeah. Total which, guess. Which country? Yeah. Which country? Um, the Russians, I suppose. The Russians. Yeah. The Russians. Yeah. They're resting in. Don't say anything. <laughs> okay. Okay. We'll move I'm on. Paranoid. Then. But they're all talking about me. Let's move on then. Okay. <laughs> Round four. Here we go, Darren. Right. Okay. So um, this band's been mentioned uh, three or four times today already. We haven't had one of their tunes yet, but um, I'm sure Mark went very, very close. So we're talking about a band, a uh, rock band formed in London in 1968. Um, this song was out in 1969 and it's probably their most, uh, arguably their most recognisable or most famous. Uh, the group consisted of guys you might have heard of, Robert Plant, Jimmy Page, John Paul Jones and John Bonham. Mike's very, <laughs> very excited because I think he nearly put this in. Uh, and I've gone for a song that Jimmy Page came up for, he came up with a guitar riff. Uh, in the summer of 68, on the River Thames, chilling out on his houseboat, just vibing, and he came up with a whole lot of love. (laughs) Um, So recognisable, such a brilliant riff. Um, It was voted by Radio 2 listeners six or seven years ago as the greatest guitar riff of all time. Anything that beats smoke on the water has got to be good, right? Um, And recognizable to millions of people if not as a led zeppelin song as the tune for top of the pops when i was growing up probably the first time i heard that as well and just an absolutely stunning powerful song real rock music love it absolutely love it it was number five for me and 
it's a filthy song as well. Yeah. It's absolutely pure <laughs> filth. You know, yeah. some some of the lyrics. I'm going to give you every inch of my love. I want to be your backdoor man. I mean, come on. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, when it was done, at, they uh, sang a song at London 2012, didn't they, with Robert Plant? Uh, yeah. Sorry, not Robert Plant, with Leona Lewis as Robert Plant, and she refused to sing. I'm going to give you every inch of my love for some reason. <laughs> Probably because she doesn't have. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it might have been a bit weird, so I don't blame the owner for not wanting to do that. Yeah, yeah. But when I first heard that song, I said, like, did he actually say it? I want to be your backdoor man. I, I, no, he didn't. I'll play it again. And then I turned the sound down in case my mother was listening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it was also the last, interestingly, the last song they ever performed live as a band, as the band. Ah. Yeah. Belter. Ah. What more can you say? Nah, just had to go no. in for me. Yeah, oh, yeah, awesome. I've never been it, to be the biggest Led Zeppelin fan in the world. You know, I like them, but if it was on my four favourite songs, personally, I don't think it would be in there, but it's just so big. It's just, yeah, I could not put it in. Yeah. Wow. I, do you know, I, I'd love to, I'll do a wee compilation because there's some... So I know I can understand why folk aren't Led Zeppelin fans. They are they are hard rock, and and, and yeah. some of it, some of their stuff is a bit off the wall. But they've they've got some really catchy. Even in the first two albums, the first album is outstanding. It's um, just folk meets rock meets oh I don't know, just it's a bomb of an album. And the second one as well, whole, whole lot of love. That's off Led Zeppelin two. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. 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 The opening yeah. track, I think, isn't it? I just bought Led Zepp two a couple of weeks ago. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it's the opening track on the album as well. It just it is. Yeah. Yeah. The real bang. <laughs> For me, this song that you knocked out. You know, obviously we could only come up with four today, so that got rid of the Who, Pink Floyd, yeah. Rolling Stones. Uh, I couldn't get any of these things in. Um, I had to drop all of those for Led Zepp. So that's my Brilliant. final choice. Outstanding. Choice. I, I, I'm not worthy. Thanks for that one. <laughs> Sorry, welcome. Brilliant. Alan, what? your last one. On to my last one. Here we go. Uh, this one was uh, released towards the end of the 60s. In fact, the last year you could possibly have. And that is 1969. Um, written by a guy called Harry Zephaniah Johnson. And it's uh, become one of the most famous reggae instrumentals ever. Uh, it's got some superb Hammond organ on it by a guy called Winston Wright. And it's uh, Liquidator by Harry J. All-Stars. And uh, sometimes referred to Harry J on the All-Stars, but I think officially they're the Harry J All-Stars, uh, as in Harry Johnson. Um, uh, I really love it because it's one of the first records I can remember actually listening to. Uh, my sister said, referred to her collection. Um, she had this. I, I'm not quite sure now when I think about it, if it was my sister's or my, my brother's. I've got the, got the original upstairs under the bed. Um, and I think it must have been an import because... It was dinked. It didn't have the um, the centre of it. Uh, mm. wasn't there. So a lot of American uh, imports, you know, 
uh, are famous for not having the, um, the, the the dink in the middle. I think probably because a lot of them were maybe manufactured for jukeboxes back in the day. But um, I love this. It's just like a really bouncy uh, reggae instrumental. You and it's got a say. One of my favourite instruments is the Hammond organ, and uh, you know this this features on it. Um, over the years, it's become popular to play at football matches, um, uh, particularly when the team is either warming up or or even coming out of the pitch. Uh, notably at Wickham Wanderers, Northampton. Yeah, Northampton. Home. You're supposed to say cobblers. cobblers. Oh, sorry. It's true. <laughs> Oh, well, that, 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 that crashed crash the board. Yeah. yeah. So, it's played up Northampton. Cobblers. Cobblers. Oh, uh, Wolves. <laughs> West Brom. And um, a ground not far away from you, Mark. St. Johnston. Cobblers. Um, but there's a team I've missed out. And um, David is probably wondering why. Because he's saying, well, of course, Chelsea were the yeah. claim they were the first to play I thought they were. Um, and um, I think um, Dave Saxon, when he was manager, um, right. maybe introduced it. Um, but of course, you know, back then, you know, Chelsea would take anything. It was the only way they could get a trophy in the cabinet at the time. Thank you. So well we said. were the first to play, you know, liquidator. And, um, you know, they probably got some award for that. Uh, that was in their trophy cabinet. <laughs> it was pretty bare up until then, you're right. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's a um, lovely song, and um, yeah, it just makes me feel happy when I listen to it. So um, and brings back a lot of nice memories for me. Um, probably you're not your obvious '60s choice, no. Um, but um, yeah, you guys know it. You know, I think I should. And I'm sure yeah. I do, but I can't right now. I'm struggling to hear it. Actually, I'm just me too. Actually, I'm thinking, Alan, it does fit in quite well because um, I don't know if you saw or anyone saw the recent um, Steve McQueen series on BBC Small Acts, uh, and there's one of them which is spent where they're spent covering uh, just a party. It's a one uh, a party in. In North London, and it's just the music. So there's lots of ska and reggae and different sounds in there, and it's a reminder that there was a lot of this music being played, not not perhaps everywhere, but certainly in certain pockets within the country. Mm. So it goes ding, 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 do 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 do. Okay, yeah, yeah, I think I do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the sake of the listener, we know it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> nice one. Good choice. Yeah, uh, good choice. You know, I haven't heard it. I haven't. Heard, I don't think I have anyway. But I'll give it a listen. I like an unusual. I, I don't, and you're a Saint Johnston fan? <laughs> no, I'm. I'm a. What, I'm an Arab, so I'm a Dundee United fan. Well, closet Celtic, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, it's no, Johnson, Johnson up in Perth, isn't it? It is indeed, yeah. yeah. And they've done really well this season, digressing slightly. Well, I have to get to home game. Every time. 
That's exactly right. Northampton. Cobblers. Cobblers. Oh, true. Right now, we've got the hang of it. St. Johnston. Shite. <laughs> Apologies to St. Johnston fans there. Oh, no. I, I do have a soft spot, even though they, they are the Dundee team's rival. It's, a, it's like the Derby there. Well, Tayside Derby. St. Johnston is the furthest, furthest north I've ever been in my life. Well, you've got to get Apart out from an on, air, on, on an aeroplane. On land, that's the furthest north I've ever been. Okay. You've never been to Dundee? Wow. You were is Dundee further Dundee? north than St. Johnston? Is Dundee it's further north than I've ever been there? It's slightly further north, yeah. I've made it as far but as it has. I remember going to the Premium Banking Centre, the Royal Bank of Premium Banking Centre. Oh. Yeah, nice place. Yeah. Yeah. Picked up a team. few Simple Minds CDs there <laughs> on that particular trip. Yeah, you, you, are, you do know that St. Johnson is a team, but they play in Perth. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I said. It's in Perth. <laughs> it's, like, it's like that old saying when Wraith Rovers won a big game. I think it was, I think they beat Celtic or something there. They were playing Bayern Munich, and the commentator said they'll be dancing in the streets of Wraith tonight. <laughs> and you're like, no, mate, it's Kirkcaldy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure we've got listeners in Perth now. If we've got, um, we need to do a shout out to our listener in Nepal, don't we? Yeah, oh, we've yeah. got a listener in Nepal. I'm sure yeah. we're in Perth. Is it? Wonder if he's a Sherpa. <laughs> Imagine being at Everest Base Camp listening to this push. Yeah, it'd be amazing. Sherpa Tenzing. Sherpa Tenzing. Yeah. yeah. Big fan. He's a big fan of the uh, full play. Yeah. Sherpa. <laughs> yeah, anyway, big shout out to whoever it is. Mark, moving quickly on your last one, please. Uh, I don't know how I could beat that. Uh, so my my last song, and, and I have to say, it's it's more plucking on my own heartstrings than anything. The first time I heard the song, I, I, I thought, so what? And uh, it, it was a real grower, and um, it does remind me of a very, very happy time in my life as well. Uh, this song was written by Jimmy Webb, and uh, he was driving along the Kansas-Oklahoma border when he saw, and it's, this is going to give it away, um, a lonesome telephone lineman working on top of a telephone pole. And this gave me the idea for the song. Um, and in an interview, Jimmy Webb said he, he put himself in the shoes of uh, of the guy and saying that, you know, all his guys that he wrote about in the songs were ordinary guys. And as, as Billy Joe liked, liked to say, they're, they're ordinary people thinking extraordinary thoughts. And he penned this song for his old friend, uh, Glenn Campbell. This song came out in uh, 19, October 1968. And it is, of course, uh, Wichita Lineman. Um, you can you can like it or loathe it. I, I absolutely love it. Um, it's also the theme, or used to be the theme, to the Steve Wright show, or when he was signing off at the end of the night at 5 to 5, hunting over for the news. Um, that they'd play the last few bars of this song and it would lead into the news. And I often wondered what, what piece of music that was and I stumbled across it. It was actually my my, my then wife, Alison, played it and I couldn't stand it. But in years to come afterwards, I was like, oh, actually, a real appreciation for it. So Wichita Lineman, 
plain and simple. I know there'll be people screaming at us saying, my God, why didn't you put sympathy for the devil in or <laughs> uh, <laughs> my generation uh, and, and, and you, countless other Stones, Who songs um, or even even songs from the early 60s. But this, there's something really, um, we were talking about a, a song that conjures up images or thoughts in your head um, quite, ex- you know, like say the Joshua Tree listening to um, Where the Streets of No Name or Running to Standstill or mm. In God's Country, you think of this big expanse and every time I hear this song I think of this big expanse and a guy just on top of a telegraph pole and just nothing but desert around him and he's in his own thoughts and um, life is good. Life is simple but life is good. That's really weird you said that, Mark, because here's my shortlist, right? And I've got yeah. with guitar line man nestled between Pink Floyd, Stones and The Who. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. It nearly went yeah. into me as well. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant song. Yeah. Glenn Campbell, of course. Yeah. Um, David, didn't you have this down as uh, one of your covers? I, I did indeed have it down as one of my covers. Um, it was in my shortlist, but Mark got in before me, so it's two. Um, oh, wow. But I think it just shows great taste, clearly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's by the, uh, Billy McKenzie, is it? Yeah, well done. Yeah, yeah. From uh, The Associates. Mm-hmm. Actually yeah, um, I actually heard this song being played live last year as well, uh, in February. Um, and is actually paid by a guy who's actually from Wichita. Oh, wow. And his name is Sean Lee. He's one member of the band which I've been championing for years, Young Gun Silver Fox. Oh, yeah. And say, Sean, Sean, Sean Lee. This, I'm Sean Lee. This is my normal voice. Hey, I'm Sean Lee. And this is my radio voice. He talks like that. In really, He's such a likable uh, guy. He's got a great accent. And um, he, he brought out... Um, um, an album uh, about um, his part of his childhood and that, and um, he had a, a party, uh, introduction party, a launch party for this. And th- there are only so many tickets. Um, we were lucky to get them, and um, it was down in. It was played down in um, like a like a Saint Barnabas um, in the middle of Soho. Um, there's um, just. It's just, just another world in the middle of Soho. It's um, going there. It's a fantastic chapel. And um, he, he did this launch in there. And he actually, because he's from Wichita, he, he says this is one of his favourite records ever. And he, and he did a did a version of it. So, yeah, again, two songs that you, we've, you've chosen, has been chosen. I saw live, being played live, um, you know, last year, which is unusual for last year. Um, yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, I, I love the, the so the Billy McKenzie version. Yeah. And uh, say so Sean, um, towards the end of this year, they needed to you know, get some kind of revenue with everything being shut down. They released um, a, a seven-inch single of it. And um, you mentioned uh, you mentioned you mentioned being in a church. You know, the last few bars I go on about that. Uh, anyone who knows the song. It, you know, it's indelibly marked in your mind yeah. that, that those last few bars. It was it's meant to signify telephone signals. Yeah, and it was done on a big uh, church organ. That was actually done on a, a church organ. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> to get that sound. No, no, it's a great choice. 
Yeah, I saw a couple of years ago as well. I saw it perform live just before COVID. Um, I don't know if you've ever, ever heard the version by Jake Bug. Uh, it was a B-side for one of his singles. I think it was a record oh, story right. single, actually. But listen, yeah. check out Jake Bug's version as well. I'll be interested to yeah. hear what you think. Yeah, I thought it was a really good cover. Yeah. Well, I don't think he, well, apart from, I suppose, seeing the original being performed, mm. but somebody from Wichita singing a song about Wichita. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> Love it. Excellent. And I seem to recall it. It's the song that's been most written about. I think people have ah, dug, yeah. dug into it a lot. And, and also, um, I think it has one of the, or it's been acknowledged as one of the most exquisite romantic couplets, which has to come from our most romantic co-host, clearly. Um, <laughs> and I need you more than I want you, and I want you for all time. Mm. And it's got a great instrumental bit in the middle as well, isn't it? Yeah. Got a great instrumental. It's Glenn, Glenn Campbell on there. <laughs> 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 I could have sworn that was Glenn Campbell rising <laughs> from the grave there. Okay. He often comes around on a Saturday morning. <laughs> Don't you, Glenn? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> tell, him, tell, tell him to take the milk bottles out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, we haven't got any milk bottles. You'll never fall for that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that all four of us wanted that in this list. It's so great, isn't it? Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to round this off now. Um, another song with um, some, I say, novelty instruments, ones you don't hear. It's got an ocarina. Hey, ocarina. <laughs> no, close. It's got a stylophone. I've got one of those. Oh, oh, I know, I know, I know. Can I guess? Yeah, go for it. Space Odyssey. Inspired by by Stanley Kubrick's film, 2001 A Space Odyssey. If you just say Space Oddity, I'd never realised the association. Um, (laughs) It it came out in 1969 and it, it, it was co... or it was launched to coincide with um, the Apollo 11 moon mission, uh, although BBC very discreetly or sensibly, they didn't actually play it uh, on on their radio station until after the Apollo crew had come back to the UK. Uh, look, it's, it's a fantastic song. I think we all know it, know it very well. Yeah. Um, for me, it's... It's this gateway, you know, we talked about it, it's 1969, it's a gateway to the 70s. It was, uh, I think it was a pivotal song for many people, as a, a lot of the, the the crowds that would then become punks, post-punks, um, especially that sort of Blitz club crowd, seeing David Bowie on top of the pops, you know, dressed in his androgynous jumpsuit um playing his his funky blue guitar uh, pointing at the at the camera when he was going through it set a whole new tone uh, a complete change for for music uh, and i mean it was his first whilst it was his first song i think it's when it was re-released it did better um and for me was also I, I do enjoy is that you've got rick waitman who didn't play on the original um single but he did play on the album version when when that was recorded 
And of course, he then went on to play all of the keyboards on Hunky Dory a little bit later. Um, I'm sure we all know the song very well. Uh, unfortunately for Bowie, because it was tied in with the moon mission, it was treated as a bit of a novelty song. But I think he got over that and uh, he managed to break out and create a, an identity for himself in the 70s. Do you know, do you know what gave it away? That's when you said stylophone. And, and and that gives it away because yeah. I knew it wasn't Rolf Harris. <laughs> so, because <laughs> that... <laughs> <laughs> that would ruin yeah, it, really, that wouldn't just, it? That just wouldn't have been cricket at all. <laughs> yeah. Ex- excellent choice. I, I knew that one was coming as well because it was in my thought. <laughs> yeah, you got that. I, I mentioned David and David said, that one might have been claimed. I went, yeah, cool. <laughs> so, yes, that would have been my number one choice as well. <laughs> Yeah, the thing is that when you when you listen to that song, you think it's the seventies. Yeah, or it, it, yeah. It, it's actually just nudged into the in the sixties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have thought it was. A, uh, I would. No. I was convinced. Yeah. I was convinced it wasn't. Yeah, but yeah. I, no, he went from a laughing gnome to that very quickly, actually, didn't he? Oh right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Within a year or two. Yeah, definitely got that one. Yeah, that's good, guys. That concludes our. Yeah. Uh, our selection for the 60s that can only mean one thing next time we get together we're going to talk about the 70s yeah yeah even trickier yeah now we're talking yeah, yeah. yeah. indeed indeed Look, are we yeah. doing a playlist of these because i'd love to hear these uh yeah why not why not yeah yeah i think it'll be a the ultimate 60s playlist. I, I recommend people listen to the, the one we, or our playlist, which is in the, the show notes, because um, our songs our parents listened to, our parents loved last week. That was a fantastic joy to listen to that one. Mm. Yeah, really good. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, good, yeah. good feedback on it as well, which is lovely. Yeah. My mum's still trying to work out how to listen to it. I've tried to talk her through it. <laughs> She's not there yet. <laughs> Sher- Sher- Sherpa Singh gave really, really good feedback on it as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. Um, oh, do you know what I reckon what his favourite would be? What is Sherpa Tenzing's favourite? Ain't, yeah. ain't no mountain high. Ain't no mountain high. high and high, yeah. Uh, climb every mountain. Climb every mountain. Uh, yeah. uh, yeah. Not move every mountain, move any mountain. Was that as a shame? Move the shame and move yeah. any mountain. Could, we could have a we could have a Sherpa Ten sings favourites. Yeah, week, couldn't we? Mountain shed. Yeah, yeah. That'll that'll get out of treat. I I don't think I could cope with that. I'd be too tense. <laughs> All I'd like to say is if if uh, our <laughs> listener from Nepal. If our friend from Kathmandu is listening, if he wants to drop us his name and his selection of four songs, then we will build a list around that. Absolutely, great idea. Yeah, yeah. Other, and, and anyone shout else? Shout out to Dogmandu as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And anyone else that's listening, join in the chat on Facebook. It's really good to hear all your comments. A lot of people are, aren't they? So. They are. They are. Brilliant, guys. Okay. Well, thank you very much. That's been great. We'll meet up again very shortly. Thanks, Thanks, Bye. 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 I will include a link in the show notes for our Spotify playlist so you can listen to all of the songs that we've selected, both in episode 9 and this one in episode 10. 
If you'd like to leave any feedback, please do so on our Facebook page. Until next time, goodbye.